Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 71. And Dakota's eating crumpet. Dakota, tell us a little bit about your uh, morning breakfast here. Wait, Dakota, before that, can you tell us what the compound is presented by? I forgot. Jose rum. It's fantastic rum. Every time you buy a bottle, you plant a tree. Plant a tree. Save the forest. It's really important. I'm currently eating a crumpet. We went to Trader Joe's the other day because I take care of my body. Body's a temple, you know. And I saw English muffins and then I saw crumpets and it had like the British flag on it even. And I was like, well, I think I got to give these a shot. It's like a half. Show me the crumpet. Gone. Is it a pancake? See, it's it, to me, it's like a half a pancake, half an English muffin. And then I got some like uh, super fruit preserves on top, you know. <laughs> it's really good. Body's a temple, huh? It's like it's like moist and mm. you're just built different. It's delicious. I got a glass of chocolate milk to go with it too. Well, a lot of stuff has happened in the last week since we were together. Ian, nope. real quick. I bird I got I got two birdies when I golfed on Monday. Are you proud of me? Super proud. What'd you shoot? I shot a 91 still, but I had two birdies. <laughs> two great holes. Yeah. So it'll keep you coming back. We, uh, on Monday, we went and played golf uh, outside of Colorado at one of the coolest places I've ever been to. And um, I shot one over with maybe four three putts, maybe five. It's the craziest screens ever. You start putting with the wedge? Nah, it, I cleaned it up towards the end. I just had to get a little bit more creative. Zach, did you play golf the other day? Yeah. I uh, I wasn't really thrilled because we played a so we had a group we had seven people going and there was nobody out there so we kind of just played together but we played the first two holes separate and I was pure like nasty and I was like oh I'm locked in and we get in the third hole we have this thing as a team like you play for the belts like you have a partner and like you can claim the belt you know what I mean like it's like a big wrestling belt you win it. And they were like, all right, this one's for the belts. So that means you play with a partner. It's a fucking scramble. So I didn't even keep, keep a score. You don't like playing scramble golf. No, I don't. That belt, that, hey, that, that belt sounds sick, though. It is sick. It's awesome. Yeah, it's no, awesome. it sounds Tigers. really cool. Man, I wish, I wish I could have played for it. You do belt Shoot. every after every game, too, if you win. Yeah, that's sick. Hitter, pitcher. Sound, sounds really cool. Sorry, we have fun. Ever heard of no, it? No, I'm, I'm being serious. It sounds sick, man. Does it, say, does it say Go Tigers on it? No, it's a bad motherfucker on it. Oh. Were the Go Tigers the quietest team at the deadline? We didn't. We made one move. Daniel Norris, here you go. Daniel Norris. Where did he get traded to? He was a little sad. He had, mm-hmm. some, he had some waterworks. Yeah, dude, he's been there forever. He hasn't been there forever. He was with Toronto. How long has he been there? Four like years? Six years, maybe? Seven years? Eight years? We're going to have to get the uh, research team on that because I'm going to say he was only there for three or four. I'm going to say his first year was 18. No chance. I'm with Zach on this one. I think it was like 16. I don't think he would have been too beat up if he was there for three years. He was first year with the Tigers was 2015. 
Ooh, sorry, Ian. Damn it. When was his when was his knowing your teammates? Actually. He was with Toronto first, right? Yeah, when he was young. 14 and 15 with Toronto. Yeah, that was his first team. Damn. Good for Daniel Norris. Speaking of trade deadlines. Yeah, toughy. Toughy. It was an absolute bloodbath out there, Ian. Bloodbath. Bloodbath. It was a tough couple days. I think we moved nine guys before the deadline, and I think we moved seven on the day. Uh... About as hard as it gets. You know what it is? It's rude sending Kimbrel and Tapera to the White Sox. Yeah. It's rude for the Go Tigers. It's rude for the Go Tigers. Yeah, yeah, but the Kimbrel trade was the only good trade, I thought. We're, it was the only one where I thought they got like back what someone was worth. Big league talent. Madrigal and whatever that other guy's name is. Cody Hewer. Cody Hewer. He's that guy. He's nasty. Yeah, he's really good. Good guy, too. The one thing that's good about going to the White Sox is you don't have to move, and that's like really great for both parties. Like Guys coming here, guys going there. When you don't have to move and you can maintain your housing and you don't have to completely uproot yourself, like that's fantastic. That's, yeah, that is true. Isn't Magical out for the year? He like, is. Hamstring. hamstring. The bone. Yeah. Also, and real Nico quick, boys, I was just going to say real quick check-in. How's Nico doing? Don't don't break HIPAA, but how's he doing? Yeah, no, he's doing good. It's you know, it's a uh, core injury, so those those take a minute. But so I, I I was talking to him the other day, and he was saying he has like less than six hundred professional at bats, including the big leagues, and he has what a year and a half of service time plus. I mean, plus actually, yeah, he'll have he'll have that. two he'll have two years plus some. And right? he has two. less than six hundred at bats. Yeah. And we were just talking, and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been through a lot, but I still haven't even played, like, a full season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is crazy. Like, he, he's going to be pretty lucky to get – he won't get 300 at-bats this year, right? No, I doubt no chance. Because he missed so, – he, this is his third time on the DL? Second time on the DL, and then he missed the first month in triple ball. Right. I thought he went – no. this is at the outside. This is his third time. Oh, yeah, because he went when we collided and then the hamstring. (gasps) Throwing up the crumpet over there. Yeah, yeah, he's had he's had really tough luck with injuries. (laughs) Dakota's done with the crumpet. Now he's playing the trumpet. We're in the middle of recording. What are you doing? Sorry. I forgot to take my allergy pill this morning. If I don't take my allergy pill, it's an absolute shit show. And I just had to blow my nose. Yeah. All right. So hang on. So Rizzo was the first one to go out of the core, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jock and then Tapera and then Riz. So We're missing one. Chafin. Chafin. Great point. Know your teammates. Come on, man. So when he left, was it kind of just like, holy shit, this is really happening? Yeah, I think that was the one that was most surprising. You try to prepare yourself for something like that. Like you mentally and emotionally, you try to prepare yourself. You can't. You can't. I mean, somebody you played with, I mean, that was five years. Uh, I, you know, one of my best friends 
that I've ever played baseball with. Like I was, I was a wreck. Waterworks everywhere. I couldn't hold it together. It's horrible. Didn't you say you gave a speech? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. A lot of guys were already on the bus because uh, we were about to leave. And so he, I think he was up with his family and they called him back down. And then he was in Rossi's office for a few minutes. Um, and we all kind of knew what was happening, but we didn't know what exactly it was going to be. Um, and so then gets traded, waterworks everywhere. And then they bring everybody back down off the buses um, and through, through tears, he's able to give like a incredibly professional speech about how hard the next couple months are going to be and how special the Chicago Cubs organization is, um, and how different it is to play in this city for these fans and that the fans are still going to show up and, and that it's important just the effort and, and the, you know, learning for the next couple months, um, and how and and just like still in that moment he was thinking about the organization and the team and not himself which is pretty crazy um but it was powerful there's a lot of waterworks i said after seeing him kb and javi and new unis i thought riz looked the weirdest like riz was the one that looked like that doesn't there's that's not right well, like yeah. i'm watching a video game where we traded someone See, that's how I felt about KB because the, the colors are black. And I'm just like, that is not KB. Javi looks literally, I'm going to be honest here. He looks wonderful. He kind of looks at home in the Mets unit. Like, looks it looks perfect. Incredible. Wait until he starts to get some of his own cuss. I bet he's wearing Lindor stuff. Wait till he gets some of his own stuff. Ah, no, he can't be. Those are New Bounds. I don't know what he's wearing, but wait till he gets some of his own like Nike custom stuff. And then they got those black unis too that they're gonna wear. I oh. cannot wait for Lindor to come back just to watch those two up the middle. They're oh. gonna have a fucking blast. Absolute blast. It's gonna be amazing. Uh but Riz, see, he with dark shoes on, like with navy cleats. Yeah. It's a bad look. <sighs> and then now he's just hitting homers and getting on base every single time he stepped up to the plate. It's a homer every single time. I mean, all of for all of those guys to go out and hit a homer in their first game with the new team, you couldn't script it any better. You couldn't script it any better. It's unbelievable. And then Riz just goes off. I, I saw I'm happy. Tweet. I'm happy for everyone. I saw a tweet that said, like, <laughs> could you imagine a team that had Javi, KB, and Rizzo? Man, that team would be unstoppable if anybody could make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's so fucked up. I, I think it's just really, it's really difficult to understand the human element of how tough it is when you've been with a team for so long, you've had so much success and you're playing to keep it together. And you're playing that you don't know if everybody could get extended. You don't know if only one guy could get extended, but everybody's playing to be the guy that stays in Chicago or keeps the group together. Like how taxing that is emotionally and mentally on everybody um and i think because nobody knew any different um there's a little bit of that fear of like what it would be like to be somewhere else and we've this organization has preached for years that this is the best place to play that every free agent comes in here says it's just different in chicago and it's the best place to be and you wouldn't ever want to be anywhere better or or anywhere else and 
like that's fuck if that's what it is yeah i want to stay here like i don't want to go anywhere else that's going to be worse like that sounds horrible so that pressure of playing to be you know a cub for life i think was really wearing on a lot of guys and so to give them that freedom to get away and be able to kind of have a couple months to experience something else and i think it's going to help everybody um isn't it wild how kb goes from one of the biggest cities like baseball wise to maybe the biggest market like from chicago to the yankees like i'm saying the Cubs for kb yeah what i say KB? you said yeah. kb i meant riz sorry like i'm saying he plays for the second maybe top three biggest market and then he gets traded to the biggest market in baseball yeah i mean he'll fit in great there his family he's a lot of family from new yeah. york area too uh, that's where his family is originally from, uh, I think Jersey. Um, but like, there isn't a besides Chicago, there isn't a place that he fits better. And so the fans are going to love him. When you guys came in and you saw that KB and Riz both were in the lineup, were you just like, all right? Today? No, because it, it actually was a scheduled off day. And come on. Boing. I swear to God, it actually there is no way that you purposely schedule an off day for both of them to be out of the lineup. And then both, none of either of them hit in a close game. No way. The either neither one. What do you want me to say? Riz had asked Riz. I don't know about KB, but I know that Riz's off day had been scheduled for a few days. He knew he was getting that off day multiple days in advance. And he talked to Rossi about it. So I knew that one. I don't know about KB, but sure did, man. We we're in the middle of a long stretch of baseball games. Yesterday was our first off day in like since the All-Star. Yeah. 20 days. 18, 18 in a row. Oh, shit. Let's go. I didn't know. I was checking to see if you guys played any of those three teams at home. You play the Giants at we home do. in September. Correct. No way. Let's go. That's going to be sick. We'll get one tribute video. We had a tribute video last night for Taylor Davis. Oh, TD, I saw I saw that he was the mayor was back. What other trades? See, honestly, I don't even remember any other trades happening except the Scherzer and Trey Turner one yeah. because of how because the Cubs. It seems like every time I refresh Twitter, somebody else was gone. But the Dodgers, come on! And now they just signed Cole Hamels. And then they signed Cole Hamels. Come on! Who's a wonderful, beautiful person. I mean, come on. You can't do that. Where's Manfred stepping in saying, hey, guys, 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 that's way too much power right there. I thought the, the funniest part is like a day or two later, it literally said like the Dodgers have activated Corey Seager from the 10-day IL. Yeah, to, what the- uh, like it's just – they got Tom, can you, can you tell us what uh, the Diamondbacks payroll is, please? The Diamondbacks? Yeah. Why the Diamondbacks? Like $93 million? Because the Dodgers are going to play – the D-backs at some point this year before the end of the year, and it's going to be like a $270 million payroll versus a $30 million payroll. I mean, this is not taking a shot at them, but that's basically every time the Yankees play the Marlins. Yeah. That's pretty much any time the Yankees play any team in the bottom 10 of payrolls. Yeah, the Yankees have... Yankees are like two, but they're not 270. They're like two. But how about the Yankees 30, 40. trading for these guys, Gallo and Riz, and getting those teams to pay for their contracts so they could stay behind a luxury tax? I'm like, are we are we trying to help the Yankees? I, 
I don't understand that one. I, I mean, hey guys, we want to, we want to see you do really well, so we'll chip in. I'm not a GM. The other thing, the other thing that I don't, I don't, I don't agree with, or the luxury tax is not. It's not a crazy no. cap. Like every the every team except for the Dodgers treats it like it's this like huge hurdle, and like it's a it's. Oh man, yeah, we went over the luxury tax for two years. So the luxury tax it becomes prohibitive if you're over it for three or four straight years because then you start to lose draft picks and your taxes increase. But for the first year or two years, it's not prohibitive at all. It's a small tax on what is over the number. I don't think we should have it at all. I think it's ridiculous, but it's not that prohibitive and we no one should be talking about it like it's this huge victory to go over the luxury tax and when you're competing with teams the fact that teams don't with the big market teams don't want to spend over 210 220 million but there's also teams that are saying ah oh, we're good at 30 or 40 million on our payroll it's ridiculous if if you're if you're at the top over there where these guys can't push it over 200 plus million then there should be no team spending under 100 ever. Diamondbacks have a $94 million payroll. 94. Bumgarner's taking up like $17 million. Versus 270. They lost Escobar's contract too, so I don't know if that if that's like up to date since they traded him. I, that's fucking wild. That is so Ian, much power over there. Ian, how weird is the locker room now? Because I we noticed it even here in AAA because we sent up five guys the day of the deadline, and it's like it's just like a brand new team every day we walk in. Strange, it's strange. It's just it's just weird because you're used to seeing certain faces, and for years and years you're used to seeing certain faces, same guys every day. It's been one of the best parts about being a Cub is that we've had so much consistency, uh, and so to lose that, I mean, we lost nine guys out of 25 uh 26. so to, to lose that um is tough but yeah i was i became in two days i went from i don't know being a cub for a while but not feeling like one of the veteran guys on the team too i have the, the fourth longest tenured cub behind behind jay hey carl Kyle. and willie Oh, yeah. you know, I'm besides anybody who played on the World Series team, you know, I'm the next guy for Cubs Wild. service time, which is go be, hey, be a leader in that locker room. All right, I need you to pick that voice up. Let's go. It was uh, pretty crazy to look around the locker room and realize that, and uh, it happened quick. But yeah, it's been strange. But we we've been you know talking about how like the guys that are up now with us, and some of them having this is their debut or kind of their first time in the big leagues like they deserve that you know that energy and that atmosphere of of what it's like to be a cub and you know proper last couple months of their first season not some depressing clubhouse where everybody's confused what's happening (laughs) did um you see the video of kb in post yeah that was horrible i was right down i was so the cage is right down the stairs so i was basically you know they Whatever everything happened, and then I went down and was kind of right down there, uh, right after that. Um, so when they do get traded, like do they call them like? Because when Daniel Norris got traded, AJ Hinch came and got him, and we kind of had an idea because we saw his name just trending somewhere. And then he came back, obviously gave everybody hugs. 
But like when they were traded, was it the kind of the same thing? Like you see Rossi or somebody go and grab him, be like, oh fuck, this is it. No, it kind of depends on the guy. Like Riz came out of the office, um, but I think the other guys uh, found out from their agents. Javi wasn't even at the ballpark yet when he got traded. You know, Kimbrel got a call from I think from Jed. Uh, I was with him um, around when it happened. I think his call was from Jed, and then you know, I, I bet you. KBS is from Jed too. Did Javi come into the field at all? Yeah, he did. Came in. He was there for a while until he got his stuff and got out. But if I mean, shoot, if I was one of those guys, no chance I'm showing up before four o'clock. Just <laughs> sitting in the locker room, stewing, waiting. Right. Yeah, I showed up that day at like three. Do they let you hit? You? That's like they're not going to let you hit, right? They're not going to let you do anything. Yeah, I mean, you could get like get your work in, get loot, like Kimbrel. <laughs> Kimbrel got traded and then went to the ballpark because we played golf that morning. So Kimbrel got traded, went to the ballpark, threw, worked out, and then flew back to Chicago. Love that. No, no days off. No days off. Don't matter. Was he on the golf course when he got traded? No, we were on the way home. I was going to say, you got to be really good to get traded when you're on the golf course, you know? I'll tell you what, those yeah. guys are those guys are just diamonds in the rough right there. He didn't interview – I think in Chicago once he, after he was traded and they were like, you know, how, where'd you, how'd you find out where was he? he was like, well, I was, you know, hitting my drives, right. Pull my irons left and I had some three putts. So not a great day for me. Knew, knew something was off. Yeah, exactly. Is he Pierre? Craig? Yeah. No. <laughs> Is he better than me? Depends on the day. Good matchup. Yeah, I think you guys would have a good match. Go to take his money. Tell him to put his wallet up. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We'll be right back to this episode of The Compound, but first, a quick word from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are still over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for you. You place any pre-event wager on one of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's right, 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds. Sign up now at DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on all the action. I love using the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. Uh, you know, everyone I know that's been using it loves it. It's really easy to use. I'm an idiot, uh, so I figured out how to use it. You can, too, and you're going to love it. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code COMPOUND when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. If America wins a medal, that's code COMPOUND, C-O-M-P-O-U-N-D, to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Back to the show now. Some, there were some interesting moves. like the Also, the Yankees have to go for it every year. I love that about the Yankees. But... I, when I looked at where they were in the standings, I was like, ooh, they got a 
they got to play to get there. It's like them and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays got Barrios. I, I don't know. He might have one more year. But, like, they gave a lot up for him. And they were, like, five games out of the wild card. His contract's got to be for more than just this year. It has to be, right? It might be one more. But I thought him and Javi, because him and Javi are cousin or in-laws. Yes. In-laws, brother-in-laws. And I thought they were on the same timeline. But maybe not. Maybe he's got one no, more year. It, yeah. Well, he has a third year of ARB next year. Yeah. Last and then year. he's unrestricted free agent in 23. Yeah. So that makes sense. But, and especially because they're going to try to compete next year with that lineup. They're going to go get, they have, you know, they have Simeon. They have all the young guys. They're going to try to go out. And they got just signed Springer. Like they're going to try to go Simeon, out. And, I think Simeon's a free agent after this year. Uh, he was just a one year deal. Yeah. Uh, but I thought the Braves, the going after it was interesting too. Uh, that was yeah. the weirdest one. They're they're not even like close. They're close. The East is up for grabs. NL East is kinda. They might be. They're a few games back. But I mean, like, they just keep having pitchers get hurt. But if you know, they're they're so Jock went over there, right? And then they they keep losing outfielders. But now they have like five. They have Jock Duvall and Solaire that they all picked up. Yeah, I retract. I retract my objection. They're only two and a half out. Yeah, I retract. Hey, I, I talked to uh, our first friend of the pod, Schwarber, yesterday pregame. Oh yeah, how's he doing? How's his hamstring? He was trying to yeah. big league Zach. Don't break HIPAA. No, yeah, he's good. He's going on his rehab. I think this week. Was it, was he trying to was he was he trying to big league you? So I texted him yesterday morning afternoonish. I was like, hey, like you got the field, whatever. I don't know if he was there at the facility rehabbing. And do you remember our mental skills guy, Ray Fuentes? So he's with the Red Sox too. So I was talking to him on the field before the game. And I'm like, we said bye, whatever. I'm like, hey, by the way, Will, if you see, or uh, not Will, Ray, if you see uh, Schwarber, tell him to stop big leaguing me. And then all of a sudden, I told Dakota, all of a sudden, I hear, Shorty, shut the fuck up. And he just walks all the way up through the dugout. And we talk for a little bit. He's good, though. He's excited. Yeah, I know. I was with uh, the day that he got traded, the night, the day after. I was with Paige, his wife, in because we were in D.C. and we were we went to Lester's because Lester didn't leave for a few days after he got traded. So we were, you know, with at Lester's with Fair and the kids, and and Paige was there, uh, and it was great to see her. But Schwab had already already flew out, and you know they were excited. There's a lot that goes into that for the spouse um with the move and, and packing everything up and you know they don't have kids yet but they have a dog and doing all that um which sounds miserable absolutely it's gonna be weird facing lester in a cardinals uni extremely it was weird Dude, facing i saw highlighted him throwing yesterday and i was like that's not real good golf though maybe we'll play golf there's some great golf courses in st louis yeah but it looks wrong like i I don't like it. He just needs – unfortunately, he lost last night, but he just needs four wins, four, to get to 200. Speaking of milestones, Miggy, two, two homers oh. away from 500. That's going to be so cool. Wear a GoPro or something. Do something. Write Dude. a journal. Take a video. Do anything. That's going to be so cool. cool. That only That's only happened, Tom, how many times has it happened in history? How many guys have 500? 20? Do you wonder, he would have at least 600 right now if he played at a different field. 
like not even close. You said he had a 420 foot out the other day, right? 422 feet. For everybody out there. So I saw Riz do it last year. It was horrible. For everybody out there, center field like America is 420 feet. It's 27, Ian. 27 ever in the history of the game in 150 years. How many years has the big league's been around? 110, 120, 130? So within the last week, I've watched him pass Barry Bonds and Frank Robinson for hits. <laughs> so those, are, those day, are pretty good. Those are pretty good players. Every day our trainer has like a list in his pocket of milestones. So like I go up to him, like, hey, who are we passing today? And like the one day he was like, I think it was maybe doubles or extra base hits for Lou Gehrig. And I was just like, that's not real. Lou Gehrig. Lou he's Gehrig. Passing, he's passing all-time records. The, the funniest part about when you look at some of those records and, like, some of the people that they pass and, like, people they played in the Babe Ruth era is, like, the guys that played in the Babe Ruth era were literally only playing against white guys from the Northeast. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. And you're talking about Miguel Cabrera, the hardest it's ever been to hit, passing – and everybody in the entire world is competing to play at the highest level. Doesn't get any higher. There's no higher level. And he's passing these guys from the 20s and 30s. It's bananas. That, and that those guys played for 20 years. Everybody played for 20 years. Every and there was only one starting pitcher that threw every day. Every time this dude gets a hit, everybody in the dugout is just like, hey, we need that ball. Pass somebody. Here we go. Grab it. The pitchers just have no idea what's going on. There's like, what? What? It was a single. Like, no, no, no. He just passed Ted Williams and <laughs> Barry Bonds and everybody else who's ever played the game. The uh, the authenticator's got a lot of work to do, huh? Oh every every time. He's, time got, like, he's got a handful of balls. So the coolest part about the whole, like, Miggy just watching him, because obviously more people are going and going to see if he can hit 500. So at Comerica, obviously you're in the dugout. You're right there. And when he's on deck, he's kind of over a little bit. And as soon as his name is announced, you can just see everybody in the background of him just stand up slowly when he's walking to the plate. It is literally the coolest thing ever. The other night he comes up on his 420 foot out. He, he had his bases loaded. We were down by three and it was just like, holy shit, Miggy's up with bases loaded and then we're down by three. Like he's going to hit a grand slam. Oh. He hits it. So he like takes his bat weight off. And everybody just like slowly rises together as he's walking to the plate. And I, was, I said to somebody in my life, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what happens the rest of my career. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then he made a 420 foot out. Yep. Oh, you guys only got two more at home though. He needs to either hit them both here or maybe go on a little cold streak. Cause I don't yeah, want him hitting can't. it at the Prague or in Baltimore. And the thing with him. He'll do it in Baltimore. He, he'll, he's, he's no, hit so he many career homers no. in Baltimore. He doesn't do it today or tomorrow. He's going to do it in Baltimore. Or uh, in Cleveland, sorry. The dude, lip, I mean, you've seen Miggy hit before. Everything he hits is to right field, like right center on purpose. And Prague, you can go like this and it's a homer to right field. And he's just going to do that. The guy is literally a right. He's like a glorified Jeter when like his swing, obviously, like inside out, I'm saying like he's trying to go to right field every single time and he just hits homers. Zach. Will you please tell Ian? So you're scuffling a little bit right now, right? No. Tell, tell Ian. Today's a new day. What are you talking about? Tell Ian what you tried. No. What you hit. Please tell I'll the story. Tell. I will tell off air. I'm not. I'm not. Giving Come on! It's no, funny. Not. Come on. 
I'm not giving that person the satisfaction. Don't say his name. Just say what happened. I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell the story if you don't. No. You won't. I'll tell you. Come on. It's it's funnier coming from you. I know. And I'll tell you after. As soon as we press done recording. Fans are going to. The fans are going to hate you. No. Just We're stop. not going to say which one. No. It and doesn't. No. Stop. We can always cut it. Come on. No. Yeah. True. Because we can cut it later. Good content. We last night. We can cut it. Come on. No, last night. I was dying laughing telling the story. It's really good content, but I'm not doing it. Well, basically, oh, no. Zach gets DMs with hitting advice quite a bit. And let's just say in his one at bat last night, he tried some of the advice out. <laughs> he literally got a DM giving him hitting advice, and he tried it in the game and struck out. <laughs> what are you doing? That's that's I mean that's gotta be all no, time well. It, it it was kind of like it worked into oh wow, what a cute dog. Focus, ADD, come on, focus. It it's something that I've kind of also been working on. So it's like, oh, this is like a this is great. Like this is exactly Why what are I'm you reading your DMs where someone is giving you hitting advice. Why don't you just tell the fuck off? Because the guy said the guy said he was from Kingston, so I was like, "Oh, like, hey, he said, hey, Zach, I'm from Kingston," and I was like, "Oh, I read it," and I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And I coached nine U Little League, and I think that you should get your hands a little higher. And he didn't he didn't just read it, Ian. He didn't just read it. He applied it to his batting stance in the big leagues. I didn't. I did. You're your best hitting coach. If I'm the best hitting coach, I deserve to get fired. <laughs> in positivity positivity all right can we move on just for a second because before we're done i want to talk about the rules man and i don't know if you guys saw this this was a few weeks ago and i wanted to talk about it we never did when manford came out and talked about the extra innings rule and one other thing double headers double headers seven inning double headers thank you tom uh we haven't talked about this right correct no we have not okay so the big what are the big on-field topics for MLB is pace of play and, and but more pace of the game, not necessarily duration, but pace of the game and action. I can't fathom why you would go away from two rules that have been implemented that work. There's, there hasn't been one game in two years that has gone past 13 innings since the double header, since the extra inning rule been applied which has been great for baseball. It's been great for pitchers. It's been great for action. Uh, and I think it's exciting. I think you'll have your purest fans who just hate everything and are opposed to it. But everybody that is around the game and appreciates the action, I think really likes it. And also, seven inning double headers are glorious. There's 18 innings in one day is too much. The best rule in baseball right now. The best. You get you and MLB wants to see starting pitchers go longer. In those games, you get to see starting pitchers basically finish the game. And most of the games that I've played in, where you've had a ace, I'm like that guy's going seven yeah. or six, and you maybe you'll see a closer in the seventh. But that's what the fans want to see, is from what MLB is telling us on their uh, surveys, and you're getting that. And you're still getting fans to the ballpark to buy beer for seven innings. You're still getting two gates. I, I don't under is that is that two innings of commercial sales or food and beverage? Is it that upsetting that you need to because no no players want that. No players want two nines. I'm telling you, it's this is all for the CBA. 
like they're they're leaking this now so they can try to use it to bargain. Like, hey, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take away the seven eight double headers if you guys don't agree to X Y and Z. And the cra- the craziest part of it is, like, they want more action, they want more pace of the game, they want more balls in play, less strikeouts, less walks. You know, they want more doubles, triples, stolen bases. They want more things that fans are excited about. Yet going into this year, we couldn't get a DH in the NL. Yeah, right. We're watching pitchers up there hitting. Yeah, because we can swing we it. Because we can swing it. You cannot swing it. You can't even find a helmet that fits. You should have seen. Okay, real quick story here. Real quick story. I have to tell it. Joe Biagini is on our team. He is maybe the funniest character I've ever played with. Like, hilarious. Funnier than Martini? He's a completely different kind of humor. So he's hitting yesterday. First of all, I went two for two with two singles. So, yeah, pitchers can swing it. He was in the dugout getting ready to hit. All of a sudden, he just walks up with an Indianapolis Indians helmet on. And we're like, why is he wearing that? I was like, oh, like he, there must not have been a helmet that fit him. Nope. He just saw that in our dugout and was like, oh, this will be funny. I'm going to wear this to hit in the game. And he wore it to hit both at bats and got two singles. That's incredible. What a player. Maybe, maybe Zach, hey. Try wearing a try wearing a Red Sox helmet. Yeah, I can go to Kike Hernandez tonight and ask him if I can use his helmet. Did he nope. he pine towards the front, huh? Yeah. Maybe you should do that. Hey. I do, I have the sticky stuff on my helmet. No, no, no. Cheater. Cheater. Coat that thing. Cheaters. Coat, come on. Coat Cheaters. It. No stick. Cheaters. Coat that thing. Coat that thing for one night and see what happens. Um, the big leagues. You can always get a new helmet. But true. back to the back to the rules. I love the extra innings thing with the guy in second because i think it's intriguing to watch how teams go about it like the away versus home i mean that's where home field comes into a huge advantage because you literally see what happens like you if you only need if you hold them to no runs in the top of the 10th you might bunt that guy over to third and then be like all right we're a sack fly away and you can decide who you want to use out of the pen because depending on who's coming up you can bring in like your Kimbrel, who's going to punch three tickets and probably not give up a hit, or you can bring in a you know command guy, ground ball guy, basically pitcher on the first dude, walk him, and then play for a double play on the next guy, and now you're two outs made on third. Like it, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it, and it's like, things are happening. More runs are being scored in extra innings than ever before. There's not just guys going up trying to hit a walk off because scoring one run wins the game. Like it's it's very much a more exciting brand of baseball. My only qualm is that intentional walks count against your walk total. And that's just absurd to me. Like when I, when, when you put a guy on and that goes in the walk total, like, come on, it's, 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 it's strategy. I, I agree I with you. I don't need that on the stats. And the, nobody, nobody looks at, there's so, there's so little eye test now that nobody will look at your numbers at the end of the year and go, yeah, but, I know he pitched around guys here and we know he's intelligent. So that number doesn't scare us. Like whenever anybody looks at the final stat line, they just go like, what's his walk percentage? What's his K per nine walk per nine. And you're like, well, but that's not a lot goes into that. Yeah. That's not indicative of what the actual season. I mean, that's like. the same for a hitter with like quality at bats. Like you ground out to move a guy from second to third and it's like, Oh, that was a great at bat, but on the stats you're for one. Yeah. And it, I don't, it feels like there was a time in baseball where your stat line wasn't 
the only thing that was cared about when talking about how you were compensated or who wanted uh, you on their team. And, you know, if it's, oh, this guy's really good at moving the ball, he'll, uh, he'll get the runner over or, you know, yeah, this guy might have a, a lot of strikeouts, but most of them are three, two counts. Like he goes really deep in the count and sees a lot of pitches. So we're okay that he strikes out a little bit more. Like it doesn't feel like that. It feels like here's the raw numbers. Here's how you compare to the rest of the league. You either stink or you're good. Yeah. hundred percent. Any, uh, anything else before we do screen time that you guys want to touch on? How's that crumpet? It was very good. USA won the gold in Olympic golf, Olympic men golf. Xander. Xander Schauffele. That's incredible. Did you see the two rounds? Rory Sabatini shot a 10 under on Sunday to get silver, and CT Pan shot like an 8 or 9 under to get into a seven-way tie for bronze and then won the seven-way playoff to get I a bronze I did see that there was a seven-way playoff for bronze. That's – that's Dude. we did. Oh, last thing we had this, we had this argument in the clubhouse and it came from Maples from Maples Maples. Oh, where's this going? Would, how would you feel to get a bronze medal in the Olympics? Fantastic. Sick. Unbelievable. That's what I said too. I said, it does. It depends a little bit who you are because like Michael Phelps going into Rio, like he's not, you know, he doesn't want a bronze and he's no. competing for golds, but for 99% of Olympians, like you're the third best in the world. So, yeah. right. so that's Akil Badu's cousin was in, I think long jump. She's in there and she made the finals and came in ninth. And he was like, not complaining, but he was like, damn man. Like she came in ninth. And he said that yesterday. And everyone was like, bro, that's ninth in the world. Like yeah. the, world, the world, the world, not like in your heat, the world. You know what else is kind of crazy about the Olympics is like if you're the ninth best basketball player in the world, you're making forty million a year. If you're the ninth best baseball player in the world, you're making twenty to thirty million a year. If you're the ninth best football player in the world, these Olympians, it's like ninth best man. Hey, thanks for coming out. Literally, Slap yeah. In the ass. We'll see. We'll see you in four. Yeah. Golf wise, though, it, it kept the tournament interesting. Like, you know, because typically in golf, like you just win or you lose. Like second place, you lose. Like you still get paid, obviously, but like. There's one winner. Yeah, like, so it was sick fired up for the top three. Yeah. Like, and that's why it was sick. Like, coming down the stretch, like, people on 18 putting to, like, not win, but to make third place tie. Like, maybe they should be giving out top three medals in, in PGA Tour. Maybe they should be thinking about yeah, the medal having, is the bazillions of dollars you're getting for coming in third place. Yeah. But I'm saying maybe it should be like, hey, top three guys make way more than the rest of the field. So they if there's a three-way tie for third. Yeah, but see, I only like that for the Olympics because I don't, I don't want any handouts. You either, you're either a winner or you're not, unless it's in the Olympics. And then it's like, you I know how cool it would be trying to play devil's advocate. Would there be anything cooler than to be able to hang an Olympic medal in your house one day? No, I, I would 100% get the Olympic rings tattooed on me. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'd have them tattooed everywhere. Back of my neck, both arms. Yep. yep. Everywhere. Yep. Like uh, Ricky Fowler has it. Sick. Sick. Oh, I don't care. That's the dream. If I'm a janitor for the Olympics, I'm getting the tattoo. Zach, didn't you ask that question? (laughs) Zach, didn't you ask what would be cooler to win a World Series or win an Olympic gold or something like that? What was your question? I said, like, 
obviously excluding the majors like baseball, basketball, what like so say Michael Phelps has however many rings, like how do you compare that to Michael Jordan's like six rings? I think dominance of like how many people have done a similar feat. Like Michael Phelps is the most dominant swimmer of all time, and it's not close. He's the right. most dominant Olympian. He's the most decorated Olympian. Tom? Right, so, right, so say, say like gymnastics, like somebody wins gold. Are you saying like, does that count as like, when you're talking about the goats, like, well, she has, or he or she has two golds and we're like, yeah, well, he won six rings. Like, yeah, I, think I think that's easy. That's an easy answer for me because it's like, you can argue LeBron's better than MJ. Like there is nobody you can say was as good as Michael Phelps. Like not even, you bring up yeah. any name and it's laughable. Same for like Serena Williams in tennis. Like she is clearly the goat. Yeah. Simone Biles in gymnastics, clearly like stuff like that. That's why I just think it's a little different because in those individual sports, it's easier to see who is like the best of all time. Like it's not even close. I agree. Screen time now. Okay. What are you drinking? Chocolate milk? Uh, I'm out. I got, I got some coffee. It's coffee. Cold brew. Looks like oh, chocolate. It's hot. One pump of mocha in it. Yeah, sure. Six pumps of mocha. Flavored. Exactly. I'm three hours and 36 minutes. I don't know what you guys are doing. What was exactly. yours? 336. The whole exactly. day yesterday? Empty cold brew, one Correct. pump of mocha. Shut up. I'm in trouble. Zach, what'd you get? Um, five hours and 10 minutes. Damn it. 5.42. Hmm. Well, that's you know what that is, Zach, because we Facetime for like an hour yesterday, and that wouldn't have been on my score, even though that went it to yours. Been too. on mine either. Yeah, yeah, that's a poor argument. Damn it! That's episode seventy-one of the Compound Podcast. We'll see you next week. Presented, Presented by, by Parse Rum. Rum. When I say Parse, you say Rum. Parse. Rum. Zach's Zach doesn't the- even do anything. I'm yeah, so out. You know what? Zach, I'm you know? over it. I'm sick and tired of it. Um. Hey, when I, was, friends. when I was hitting the other night, somebody screamed it. Oh, did you get hit? Come on. <laughs> a lot of our a lot of our friends that were supposed to be guests on the podcast have all been traded, so maybe we'll find some new friends to uh, get on the podcast. But we'll see you next week for episode 72. And go get some Parsafe Fins. Yeah.